last time on Lawful Stupid, Paul Barrow and the Cyclone Lockhorns in the ring. Hey, that's my bro! Gustivan, my hungry brother, yes! I see you're still not wearing pants. <laughs> I never wear pants. <sighs> I buy drinks, you make food, we celebrate. Yeah, and so you guys, you just party. The night goes on, the fires start to be extinguished, and the morning comes. And the sun rises, and you guys all begin to wake, and your varying levels of hangovers and uh, pains from the night before. You hear the, the, the noise of the wagons as people are putting things up and getting the caravan ready to move. Do you need your big brother's help? I'll never say that, and you know that I'll never say that. I go with you. Where we end is uh, the almost watercolor-esque picture of all of these caravans slowly pulling out and heading south towards Preneth. So we pick back up as you guys are um, departing from New Havenhold, and you guys are in this uh, caravan of the uh, the Fool's Lullaby, the traveling entertainment troupe that your brother Paul Barrow uh, happened to be uh, rolling with. So yeah, you guys are traveling, and it's about a three-day journey. Um, is there anything you guys particularly want to accomplish between here and and Preneth. Whether that's like a cute little side story or social interaction, hunting, etc., etc. Yeah, what's the weather like? Uh, <laughs> days one and two are pretty clear. Day three, it's like sprinkling on and off. Temperature wise? Uh, pretty moderate. Uh, barometric pressure. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> 12. Okay. okay. <laughs> if it's, if it's, it, it's, you know what? I'll take some creative license. It's a little bit warm. It's a little bit muggy in the jungle. Perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to make some treats for the troop. Uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to dry out some fruit and then I'm going to take some fruit juice and I'm going to use shape water to make that into popsicles mm. and freeze them. And then I'm going to wrap the popsicles in the dehydrated fruit, which is nature's, uh, what you call it? Bounty. No, uh, fruit roll-up. It's nature's fruit roll-up. Oh, okay. It's, it's mm-hmm. just dried fruit skins. And then I'm going to wrap that, so I'm going to wrap that around the popsicles to give your teeth a little something to protect you from the from the cold popsicle, but a nice fruity treat on this, uh, on a sweltering <laughs> summer day. <laughs> 
All right, and you do that, and everybody's super appreciative. You have curried favor with the fool's lullaby. They will remember this. They will remember this, yep. Does anybody else have anything they would like to do? I think the only cute thing I've got is like because we're such in a big caravan this time uh, I think Darling would trot alongside the the caravan in like her fox form just kind of like nose her way into things like along the path just cause yeah. it'd be fun to just be naturally me that way it should be noted that uh, across these three days of travel because you're in a bigger caravan you're making more noise um, the, the troop actually has people that uh, defend the caravan as you guys are uh, traveling and they've had to put down a few monsters nothing crazy but certainly things that have tried to like pick off pieces of the caravan or, or steal from the um, caravan quickly um, so just know that there is that level of danger that is happening but you guys since you're in the caravan you're not having to deal with that uh, uh, I would like to maybe come see what's up after maybe a monster slaying. See if uh, see if there's some some monster bits around for your favorite chef boy. Are there any small ones like mice that I could have like bitten as a fox form? <laughs> Get rid of. Yeah, absolutely. You can do that. Your champion mouser. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, darling, you're able to find some tiny little critters, some mice, be a, a champion of the, the caravan. Um, and Proudly then, present uh, to Gus. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you did it, Sprout. <laughs> I caught many. You nommed. Gus, do me a favor and roll percentage dice for me, please. Got it, my guy. I feel about a little 87. All right. Well, what did I say with an 87? Um, you can have um, four servings of the shunter's meat and then a dozen servings of the blue-eyed Sylvie. Blue-eyed Sylvie! Hooray! And I imagine <laughs> I that as they're, like, getting popped by the the guards um, that Darlin is the one who's like grabbing the blue-eyed Sylvie and then dragging them to you. <laughs> kind of like a hunting fox. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, Nuggies for all. Nuggies for everyone. Uh, Paul Barrow, is there anything you'd like to do before we move along this journey? Porbaro is just telling stories of his victories from all over the lands. Just, just different got, places he's been. Got one of those queued up, or you just wanted you everyone to know you're a storyteller? <laughs> we, we can try this right now. <laughs> there was this one time in the bowels of Yuri that I was standing across from giant rhino. He figured horn be dangerous to me. I let him get close enough to taste the sweet, sweet stench of me. And I wrapped him in chokehold, wrapped around his big belly and punch, punch, punch. Until he'd no awake. He asleep long time and I, Victor. Town throw me big meal and lots of party and lots of drinking. 
No family, but still fun. You were not there, but you hear it now. It's same. And uh, Gus, I think uh, you're around for this. And one of the other troop leans over and goes, uh, "It didn't quite happen just like that. Like all those things are true, but it was not quite the sweeping win that Paul Barrow wants you to think." But a win is a win. I hear you say this thing. <laughs> you seem kind of like. Sometimes when you're telling a story, exaggerations like a little spice, you know, just a little, just a little bit too much overwhelming. Nobody likes that. Small embellish, delicious story, yes? Small little story, yeah. Spicy story, bro. So rolling the clock forward on the second day, about in the afternoon, um, everybody roll me a perception check. Twenty-three for darling. <laughs> darling. I see and hear all. I know your futures. You'll have two daughters. <laughs> Gus got a sixteen. It's that storytelling. Yeah. We'll borrow get fourteen. Um Darling, with a twenty-three, um you you notice so this the this travel, this uh, path from New Haven Hold to Prenneth is largely in like wooded area. Near the end is when there's some like plains on the third day that you're kind of crossing, like fields and hills. But for the most part, it's trees, right? Um, almost jungle esque, but not quite. And, you know, you guys have made this trip a few times, I believe, or maybe just once. But I will say that you did not. Um, you didn't notice a lot of flying monsters, right? A lot of flying creatures. But you both hear and then see um, the scattering of these um, smaller reptilian-looking flying creatures bolt the opposite direction that you guys are headed. And they're, like, flying over. I will point that out. You just point to the birds that are flying away. Well, I look they are leaving. There's probably something dangerous ahead. Huh. Well, I'm sure like the hunter dudes know about it. And it's not long after that that you guys hear an explosion. And it like rattles your caravan or your wagon that you're on. Hey, anybody ever notice how like every time we travel by caravan, shit blows up? This celebration for Paul Barrow. They know I'm in area. Let us go check it out. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I, I think okay. as he gets down off the wagon, it sort of shakes a little bit. His heavy frame descending from it, much just like Gus probably does as well. Um, and I'm going to take a look out. Do I see, like, I don't know if this road is a straight road or if, as it is it curved to left or right? It's a little curved, but um, Avon with a, or a Darling with a 23 you can ascertain from that explosion that it was not ground level ahead of you. That it felt like it came from above. An above explosion? An above explosion. Uh, I don't know how to... 
It wasn't a ground impact. I have no idea what is going on up there. Be careful if you're gonna go up ahead. And so the caravan stops when that explosion happens, right? Like, they, it's a full stop. Um, and different people are, are chatting and like, Hey, what was that? Did you guys hear that? Did anybody see anything? And um, there, You can just tell that there it's a full stop. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do next. Gustavo. Yeah, what's up, man? This thing appears to be a bad thing. Agreed? Yeah. Party time? We go check it out. Uh, you can see, yeah. I can see what's up. Like old times, let's do this thing. Tiny Dancer, are you follow? I can check my chart. You have a chart? Yeah, let me show you. It's basically just, uh, it's a chart that says uh, nom or be nommed, and it's like a sliding scale. Mm. And it's yes, like, yes, yes. how scary is the monster? Okay. If it's this scary, it noms you. If it's less than that scary, you nom it. This is a very long research. I agree with it. And I've got and I've got little like doodles of the monsters we fought so far and where they fall on the scale. <laughs> Why you cook? Look at your skills as artist. You you well, you cheat yourself. Well, you know, sometimes I do draw up a little, you know, you know, kitchen schematics. Yes. I like to think that they're little cartoon sketches, not like realistic they're like sketches. Absolutely. They're like, yeah. like they would make great stickers, like almost like in crayon. Well, it's it's like he draws it. And it's like, is that a cow or a dog? It's a shunter. <laughs> yeah, it's a shunter. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we can go check it out, man, for sure. Let me, um... Is this seems like... And I'm looking at your scale. We might be numbed with this thing. Maybe... Oh, then, then we bad. Quiet. Tiny Dancer. I can scout ahead. I can also shift and give it a pretty a pretty thorough sniffing before we can get close to it. I can do none of these things. As you're discussing these, you start to hear um, the breaking of wood, the the cracking of tree and limbs uh, forward to the south of you, which would be towards Prentice. Hey, uh, hunters, uh, you're going to want to get up here. Uh, non-hunters, you're going to want to circle the wagons. And uh, you see that the the guards that are kind of sitting atop these different wagons uh, posted up with their bows and crossbows, they're at attention. Um, they're looking for the next thing to come through. <clears throat> but that noise, that crushing sound um, and the cracking of wood, that sounds pretty far ahead right now okay I, I think I'd like to climb a tree I think I want to try that okay uh, while he does that I'm, I, I am going to shift and give a, a sniff as well okay Bill shift you, I assume you don't have climbing speed so um, um, I just figured since I was for, a bear I could do what I so want that, what I'll say is you can roll an athletics okay and you can do it either way because you're a giant bear, but the athletics will determine how fast you're able to make it up the tree. I like it. it. What is the rules <laughs> on grappling a thing and climbing it? Do I, <laughs> technically, can I grapple the tree and then Mulan just like really... 
Only, only yeah. for creatures that are two size categories larger than you, I'm afraid. Let's get down. Yeah, sorry, it doesn't affect trees. Uh, but okay. yeah, you start heading it's up. A you're making a okay. decent pace, but you're not like zooming up. Um, Gustum, you shift, and you're going to use which sense? Uh, I'm going to use my uh, my nose, my sniffer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Roll. Uh, it's a dirty twenty. Okay. Um, you uh you know the smell. It is very familiar to you. It is um. It's not something I say very familiar. It's not something like you are well versed in in the sense like you're an expert, right? But you've smelled it before. Um, and what you know is it is the it is the smell of almost like burnt Tortex, which if you remember, Tortex is that technology where they use, like, the torrent, and uh, mm. it's a newer technology in, like, crystals and a little steampunk-esque. You smell uh, that that type of technology burning. It's like a burnt uh, smell. It's not quite electric. Um, if you've ever smelled uh, like, you know, electric wires that burn like near ozone. the sea... Um, no, no, no. If you've ever, no, no. Um, if you've ever been like at the beach or something, um, or in like a shitty hotel room, they'll have like TVs that'll end up smoking because like all the salt in the air. I've not experienced that. It's gnarly. It'll be cheap places, obviously. Um, but that smell, the combination of like wire burning and sea salt in the air is kind of what that smells like. Does it smell natural? Or do, uh, I, think, or do no. I think this is like machine made? You think this is machine made, a hundred percent? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of you know shout my shoulder like, uh, whatever it is, it ain't natural. Uh, Paul Barrow, you you're able to make it up uh, to the top of the tree, and <clears throat> as you do, you can see um, not you can't see anything above the trees but what you can see is trees like breaking and kind of falling to the side heading towards you guys but still a decent distance out a couple hundred yards at least so you, you don't it's not like it's right on top of you but you can see these trees that are just kind of splitting left and right as almost like something's really large is moving through them and this whole time you're hearing the crushing and cracking of trees and falling of trees as this thing is uh, powering through. Is it is it like um like adjacent to the road, like parallel to the road, like just kind of following a track along, or is it like a like beeline in our direction, or does it look like it may go um, in a different it's, direction? It's not even beeline directly at you. If you were to look at it, it's kind of like coming from uh in front of you and to your right and cutting across. So like it would it would actually cut across you guys and you mm. and you i mean you don't know if it's going to hit you or not but it, it doesn't look like it would necessarily hit your caravan or run into your caravan but it is heading your direction it's but it's not beelining towards you perfect we'll slide back down and say this thing it may not hit us directly perhaps we hide and wait and see what this is i don't think it's here for us I'll go scout ahead just in case. You give us some time. 
Uh. I was going to take up a defensive position on the Panda Express, on the sauce cannon. Yeah, all right. Uh, so you set up a defensive position, and Darlin, you uh, head forward. Darlin, how how far do you go until in, until you're like looking for something? Like, what is your safety check? Because I don't want to assume that for you. Um, a couple hundred yards, half a mile. What does that look like? Uh, probably a few hundred yards, I guess. Just like if I see a tree starting to fall down in the distance, then I need to like start slowing down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you do. You go about 300 yards, 400 yards. And as you're getting close, um, you're hearing uh, like a whirring noise and like screeching and shouting. And then you hear a loud crash and it shakes the ground and and honestly the people of the caravan it shakes the ground as well near you uh and then it's followed up by more explosions and darling you can see from where you are in the distance that there's like fires kind of like in the trees in the middle of the trees oh they're probably clearing a road or something <sighs> um does does it look like uncontrolled fires or because it's kind of like slightly damp and muggy it's not like being crazy uh i would i would not say the it is like a wildfire where it's rapidly spreading but you can see fire um like i said in the middle of the trees like uh it's almost like the fire started at, at the middle of the trees from where you can see it. Not at the bottom, not at the top. It's like the flames started in the middle of the trees. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, can I get up closer to see the people shouting? Yeah, I mean, you can approach that as close as you want to get. Yeah, no, I'm going to just keep on going. Make sure they're not like, what, bounty hunters or after other people or if they're just hmm. like working like i said on a rotor yeah just you keep following the path and uh the road that you would have naturally taken um until it doesn't make sense anymore because the fires are starting to get bigger and you can kind of see that it's off the road it's not quite on the road where it is um so you have to go off the path a little bit um but as you approach we'll say 100 150 yards give or take you don't want to get too close right off the bat mm -hmm. you see uh, yeah, you've been around. You see what can only be described as an airship. And the airship has crashed into the ground. And you can hear shouting and fighting as these monsters, these big winged monsters, are attacking this airship. And the people aboard are trying to fend off. Cool. I'm very far from my brother's. Very, <laughs> very far. Um, I would like to shift into fox form and run all the way back. That's forty feet. Yeah, what's your? <laughs> yeah, forty feet. So you, you do, you bolt it. Um, but you are very far away, <clears throat> so it does take you uh, a good chunk of time to get there. Um, but you get there, you're panting. What do you say? What do you do? Airship down, big birds attacking the people. 
Well, anybody who's not a coward, let's go. May you stay here. Don't, don't even fucking leave this car. Stay right here. She's right? like, she like puts her gun back down. Okay. <laughs> You're on the sauce cannon. You protect the women and children. She says, okay, and climbs up to the sauce cannon. <laughs> Bring him to me. I'm no coward. We run. Yeah, and so um, you guys do. Uh, you start heading that way, and any of the guards coming with us? Three or four of the guards from the front, they detach off. You can see them like communicating, and some from the back head up to because they're not going to leave the caravan unprotected. But three or four of them with crossbows are like right behind you guys, and then two more of like the what. Paul Barrow would know is like the wrestling people. They're like, oh, I'm not gonna miss a fight, and just running full. <laughs> Granted, Bear Frank, hands. Frank, not not on board. <laughs> you hear Frank going, I got it. I'll cover people back here, guys. <laughs> Hell yeah, Frank. <laughs> and you hear uh, Toa, get him, guys. I'll uh, I'll protect me. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. bro. Yeah, so you guys yeah. rush forward. Um, I'll lead them the way I went. Yeah, so it's mostly down the road and uh, off to the side a little bit. And as you guys get there um, to, to paint the scene, one, we're not going into standard combat, so let's scratch that. Um, to paint the scene here, this, there's this uh, airship that is now, you know, not functional it's it's crashed into the ground and the rear of the airship is uh, elevated right and that's where part of these fires are around the engines <clears throat> and so the engines are up in the air the front is kind of broken in so the front is a little level and then the other part is sticking up um and there's these fires and it's it's starting to spread onto the trees but it, like i said it's not like oof, this it's it's just eventually fire will spread um, and so you you can see that there's these um, there's these people on the board uh, aboard and they are trying to fend off these flying creatures and these flying creatures um, they almost look like gargoyles covered in what I can only describe as like reptilian scales um, so they're pretty big uh, monsters. Um, and there's about a dozen of them at different parts of the ship, uh, fighting, um, off this, like, and it's a big group of people. You can see there's probably a dozen and a half fighting still, but from where you're standing, you can see that they have lost a chunk of their crew, a good chunk of their crew. What do you do? Uh, we're not in combat. We are not going to do combat. We are going to do uh, a, a narrative combat. <clears throat> we're gonna. I haven't used that in a minute, so we're gonna bring that back around to the front and center. Um, so we will do that. And if you need a refresher, because it's been a second, um. It, that is the the mindset where everybody gets a turn in the same turn. So all of you guys decide what you want to do. We'll roll for effects. 
Um, and that's kind of how that works. Uh, it's not like back and forth because the effects are essentially the consequences uh, from your rolls. So, um, if you need a second to uh, go get your heart, your like find those scores again, especially for you, Devin. Yeah, yeah. Can you? Is anybody have that offhand? Like which ones to, to <clears throat> I'm add up? L- looking for it now because I know I have it. Uh, I had it once upon a time with Kato. <laughs> That's so many characters ago. I think I need to update mine because we have leveled up. We have leveled up a couple times since we last used narrative combat. Uh, yep. Uh, all right. Who needs the formulas? All do. I think all of us. All right. Okay, then we'll just go back through this. If you've already heard this or you happen to remember it, just skip ahead like 30 seconds or listen. Like, up to you. Who knows what we'll fucking say. All right, so your body score is determined how physically fit your character is. So that's going to be... Uh, it's going to be your strength ability score modifier or your dexterity modifier, whichever is higher. And then with your constitution... Then divide the total by two. So strength or dexterity plus constitution divided by two. You round down. You round, you down. round down, yeah. We're traditionally in D&D. All right. Uh, and mind is going to be your intelligence and your wisdom together divided by two. And then heart is going to be uh, it's going to be wisdom, charisma, and wisdom together. And then again, those are divided by two. What's the minimum you're allowed to have? Is this zero? One. No, you can go negative. What? No, it says no. No, I'm sorry. Two. One or less is, is 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 all. It's always one. I'm sorry. Correct. Oh, wasn't yeah, there one a is your minimum. Yeah, there's a bracket. So one or less yeah. equals one. Two to four yep. is a two. Five or greater is a three. Yes. Sorry. That's how okay. you translate that. Wunderbar. Perfect. Well, that was easy to figure. According to narrative combat, um, you know, there is a friend's turn and a foe's turn, uh, but... We may not necessarily need the foe's turn if your consequences make enough sense. Um, because there's a lot of moving parts, and I don't want to bog it down. But I know what I'd go. like to do. All right, you're first up, then. Uh, I would like to cast Major Image, and I'd like to make the big, scary, exploding butt monster that we've fought before. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. Uh, K- what is butt we blew up? They just saw yeah. Agesaurus, yeah. Yeah, Agesaurus. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, blew and and what spell did you say you were casting? Major image. Major image. Good. I was like, hmm, this guy's gonna be tiny. Nope. Um, uh, yeah, you're able to do that. Where do you cast it at? I need it close by to come out the trees, and I need it to like walk and be terrifying. Uh, because this is the one that I can make move, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can make it look natural with that one. Uh, all right, 
so with that, I'm going to say that's going to be mine because you're using your spell casting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I need you to do is roll a d6 and then the table will decide what you want to do. Oh, I have to tell you a difficulty. Hold on. Uh, so, but your, your goal is to create this Aegisaur image and you're attempting to scare off some of these, uh, monsters. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. your goal? That is my goal, scare off the monsters, but I'll, can I also yell at the same time for the people? Definitely magic. Because <laughs> yeah, I can, might panic them too. That. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so you are going to go ahead and roll. Okay, a D6. So we'll, D6 plus my mind score. That'll be a two. So you rolled a two? Uh, I rolled a one, plus my mind score will be a two. Okay, so you rolled a one. Uh, on any unmodified roll of a one, the D6 will result in a critical failure, which means you don't succeed in what you're trying to do. And you'll face some sort of consequence. So, that's what the rules say. There's critical uh, success now, and failures. One thing I do, I do want to mention here is that you have Please. an option... Now, Abon, uh, to do a heroic action, and it kind of makes sense narratively because you are already using a class currency in the form of a spell. Mm-hmm. So you can burn that spell slot, um, and then you can re-roll. Yep. Yeah, because I wasn't going to make you use up the spell slot for the narrative combat, unless okay. it was like a giant spell. But if you're going to use it for the heroic action... Then I will do that. All right, so you burn up your spell slot. That's a two. <laughs> for a three. So you rolled a two. So for a three. That's better. That's succeed at a cost. Um, yeah, so I think you, you step forward a little bit and you shout out, you know, it's magic. And then this giant Aegisaur kind of appears from the woods uh, and it starts to roar and, and make noise. And a couple of those um, flying monsters kind of move to the other side to make some distance uh, and then one kind of rushes towards that thing uh, and that one who actually has got balls on him he rushes through into the image and like like lands through it like right in front of you and starts to snarl um, he doesn't attack you or anything like that but your cost is you've got an immediate threat right in front of you uh, and it didn't quite work uh, exactly how you wanted to, but they are now all on the opposite side, giving the crew an opportunity to reform instead of just getting hit from all sides. Okay, cool. Paul Barrow or Gustum? Uh, I've got to move. Um... I've got a spell here called Earthbind. Um, so choose one creature you see within range. Yellow strips of magical energy loop around the creature. The target uh, is basically bound to the ground. Any airborne creature affected by the spell uh, can't fly anymore. Um, so I'm going to try to ground one of these suckers so that the uh, rest the wrestlers can get it. 
<clears throat> do you want to ground the one directly in front of Darling or one of the yeah, ones flying? Yeah, let's do that. I'll, I'll bind the one that's already in front of Darling um, mm-hmm. so that she's that threat can't just fly away when we address it. So, Darling, um, it is a success because you burned a spell slot. And what I will say is that they move to the other side and actually um, it's enough that uh, a couple of the smaller looking guys they bolt. They fly away. They're like, nah, I'm not fucking with Aegis Source. I, I sort of put in my arm in somebody's butthole. You can't fuck with those. <laughs> I saw a guy yeah. put a thing in I his butthole. I saw a guy do this once. No, they don't talk, but they uh, bounce. Like, two of them bounce. So, knowing that success that uh, uh, Darling had, um, Gus, is, would you still like to do that? Is there is there a um, is there one of these suckers that looks like bigger and badder than the others? Um, Maybe an yeah. alpha or a pack leader. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and target that one with uh, Earthbind um, and try to just boop him down to the ground uh, so that the wrestlers can get to him. Yeah, so it is on the other side of the ship. Um, which isn't isn't anything other than like it'll take the wrestlers a minute to get there, but the crew will obviously see it and take advantage. Um, <clears throat> so with an impact like that, uh, all right, high, medium, or low I impact. guess low. Yeah, I should have put a chart in here Next just time. to make you it easier to, when just, you're skimming. Just, as, as a note before we get to it, because it's not on the on the the pub yet. Um, we did tweak it so that one to two was fail with cost, three to five was exceeded at cost, and six or greater was exceeded at cost. I did not remember that. Shit. Because right. because it, it was it was a little bit wonky in terms of people were succeeding with no cost too much. Yeah, that's fires. right. Yeah, three to five. I'll have to adjust that. Uh, all right, cool, 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 cool. All right, yeah. So um, now that we've uh, established that, the impact here, um, I would say, is medium because if you can get him to be down successfully with no, you know, th- now it's going to be like a bum rush, right? Uh, the crew will have an opportunity to attack this big guy or pick up the little ones. And of course, those the wrestlers are gonna want to rush in and get involved really quick. Sick. So uh, knowing that, is that still what you'd like to do? That is still what I would like to do. Um, okay. I would sit. I would argue uh, because this the, these are flying creatures, and I'm hitting them with like a spell that specifically they're weak to. Could I maybe get advantage on this? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say no, but I am going to say your, your impact, if you succeed, you're going to have a greater effect because that is literally meant to target. So you won't have advantage on your attempt. It's a high impact, but no, but no. Oh, sorry. High impact. What is the, is there a difficulty that I'm supposed to tell you? Uh, so basically that's your job as the DM. So you're there to interpret the narrative scene what the action is doing and how impactful it'll be. So you might say like 
Oh, gotcha. If, if you cast a lightning spell at a guy who's in a pool of water, that's obviously going to be so, a high. So, let me rephrase then, uh, without clarity. No, I will not give you advantage, but I will move your medium impact up to high impact. Cool. Very cool. Uh, let me go ahead and roll. Is it going to be a mind, yeah? Because I'm using the spell? Yes, it's going to be mind. Uh, five on the die plus two is a seven. Yeah, so that's that's succeeded no cost. Um, so you do you you see um this bigger uh looking gargoyle. It's kind of on one of the um I wouldn't call it a wing, but it's basically a wing. Um, on the side of the the ship, it's not big enough that you would call it a wing, but it's a fan of some kind for aerodynamics, and you see it there, and it's it's heading like. And this on all fours with its wings towards uh, one of the uh, crew members fighting, and these vines kind of travel up the side of this uh, airship. And then, as he's like about to go over the ledge, it, they just grab him, and you see him. It, they don't just straight up like drop him face first, but they run up and grab his wings and pull him back. Uh, I started moving backwards and my mic got quiet. Um, they pull him back and so uh, he's essentially immobile. Um, it's it's not that he can't fly. He He's just having str- trouble moving ag- away from these vines. He's doing his best not to be pulled down all the way to the ground. Um, and with that, um, I don't know that the wrestlers would rush that far forward for that guy. Um, but the crew, you hear a, a, a shouting. You can't really determine what they're saying, but it's almost like a roar of get em kind of thing. And from your distance, you can see the crew heading towards that gargoyle to uh, attack. But you can't really see what's happening yet. Paul Barrow. Can I use this vine that is, has been but pulled from the ground, right? And it's traveling no. up the side. No, you're on the other side. It's on the, it's on the other side of the ship. So imagine you guys are still pretty far out. I, I would clock you at like a, like 200 feet, maybe a little bit less. Cause it's a, you have to imagine this mm. battlefield that we're uh, in is big okay. because you've got this big airship. It's not like a car size, uh, liken it to like a yacht, the size of a yacht. Dang. Okay. And I'm 200 yards out. What? What if we uh, wombo 200 feet our, out? Our 200 feet moves, can can we wombo car- just to get Devin there? Like, say the say the roots erupted from like my feet, and Paul Bear just grabs one so that he can like shoot over there. I will trade you that because I don't want to undo your turn because um, I liked it, but I will trade you getting Paul Barrow there for the effectiveness of the vines so in the sense that drop it to um, a moderate no 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 I don't mean that I just mean that like when the, the crew jumps to attack he's able to defend himself more versus being open and vulnerable oh, to yeah, their combined cool. attack he's less like yeah. restricted yeah he can't fly but down. he can move he can still fight more before he was struggling just to not go to the ground okay I'll make that deal. I'll make that deal. All right. Does, does, does Paul Barrow still get a turn? Yeah, of course. This yeah. just yeah. I'll take, I'll take you're, you're essentially day. launched up into the air, and yes, there's a bomb that you can launched. grab. 
Hell yeah. So I'm running and I'm launched. And I want to be able to grab. Here's what I want to do, though. Okay, tell me. I just want to be able to grab on to the legs of if you, if they're close enough to of the gargoyle creatures or just one. Okay, well you got to tell me what you want to do. So I'm do I want to do that. That's what, I want to grab two I, if there's clo- two. close enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean you could try. And that's obviously a straight thing. Like I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it to hang on. Nails are going to be gripped into the skin. Um. Okay, yeah, so that's going to definitely be a body, and I'm going to tell you, I, I will be up front with you. If you try to grab two at once for, I'm assuming, like, in a, a, like clap them together eventually, um, that's going to be... Um, I, so I, I don't uh, have any intent after I grab him. I'm not sure what that's going to be up to you. I am just, this at this point, it's just like, I don't know how much they can hold. We're about to find out. So, so Dwayne, what I sense from you right now is like an instinct as a DM to like want to set this as a high difficulty, and I want to know want you to know that the 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 tool that I built in for that it was is you can stack disadvantages. So if gotcha, because I was looking at low impact because how successful an action is. Well, so this this action, if he pulls it off, will be very yeah, successful. Yeah, would be very successful. It would be, it would be a moderate or a high impact. Okay, but all right, I'm going to be very Thank difficult you. to do. So you give him disadvantages. Uh, yep, I'm 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 with that. So, Polbaro, what I will mm-hmm. tell you is, if you would like to jump for that and try to get two, you will roll with disadvantage. If you just want to try and get one, then you can roll normally. Um, it's going to be. I would say medium impact either way because even if you get two of them, you're going to be hard-pressed to take control of that situation all on your own, but you'll, you know, we can talk about what happens. So what do you want to do? Two or one? Believe in me. Uh, He is going to go for two. I will take the disadvantage. All right, so roll 2d6. All right, the lowest is a two plus a three for a five. All right, so that puts you at succeeded a cost. Um, so yeah, you you're like flying through the air, um, and you catch two of these as they're like moving from the side, uh, kind of up towards the middle. Like they don't want to go to the side that the rest of your team is on because they still see that Aegisaur. Uh, and they're not <laughs> they're not interested in being near that but they're kind of coming up to try and like flank back down immediately on them and as they do you're able to grab uh, both of their tails um, and you hear like a, a, a uh, like a yelping uh, and all three of you crash down into the middle of the deck and so you're laying on your back and you've got both their tails in your hands and you're hearing their screeching and screaming as they scramble towards you. Um, and then the crew is now confused because they're a giant fucking bear and two of these things just landed next to them. And there's fire everywhere near the end of the ship because you're kind of up on the higher end. Um, and so that's going to be uh, your situation. So you've grounded two of them in your hands, but you're now also in the middle of the fray with two of those right next to you. (laughs) That ends my turn. This is where I want to be. Uh, (laughs) And I'm going to say 
that it's up to you guys to, during your turns, take advantage of the wrestlers and the the three guards you have. I'm not going to control them. Uh, I will say they are steadily advancing forward, so they're getting closer to the fight. So you're able to use them better next turn. Uh, because of your actions and their success and succeeds, I'm going to take a turn for um, the Gargoyle Boys. Uh, um, fear, fear, fear. Uh, so I think in response to the big bad boy... Uh, I'm going to exploit those gargoyles. Uh, mm, in response to the big bad boy being um, like restrained, you see uh, three or four of these thing, uh, gargoyle things kind of like pull rank together because they're kind of spread out aside that one side because like I said, it's a pretty big ship and they're, they're trying to fight these guys. You see two or three of these pull rank and they go to assist uh, the big guy. Um... And so they're going to use body, right? Because it's a physical result. Yeah. So it's every, everything in narrative combat is like saving throws. So you just you're you're basically based on whatever you're doing. The the people that it's impacting are going to make like a body check to see if they uh, they get wailed on or not. The people it's impacting are going to make the. Yeah, so like if, if the gargoyle is attacking the guard, I, I'm sorry, I was kind of I was in the rules when you were describing when you were setting up. No, scene. I appreciate it. the gargoyles are like a, a attacking. They're both they're doing their action is two things. One is what they're trying trying to free their boss's wings, and the other is to distract the crew that's right up on the boss while they're doing that. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, because I'm so doing them as one turn, not each individual guys. So, so what what we do here is you're just gonna say, hey, these gargoyles are collectively just going to do a thing, so you can say they're gonna free their mom. Um, that's just a reasonable thing that they could do under combat. It's not really a rule required for that. Um, but with their if they're attacking somebody to do damage to them, uh, if they're attacking bodily, they'll make a body check. If they're attacking with a spell or whatever, they could do mind. Or- well, I I agree, but I also felt that because you used your turn to bind him they needed to do a check collectively so it's both protecting the gargoyles who are freeing the vines and a, a difficulty check to some degree because that otherwise it's like that's pretty cheesy just to be like oh yeah and they undo your the thing you spent your entire turn on well i'm one guy and i if if my one turn gets makes all the other little minion gargoyles take their turn freeing mama that's that's a good turn in narrative combat i i forced a, a stalemate yeah uh, but it's it's not just like the it's just three or four. The others are still fighting I feel um, the crew, and and if I haven't made this clear, the crew is losing, like at a standard rate, right? Like they've already lost a chunk of people, um, so that's why their turn is really about distracting and freeing the person who's doing damage. Um, so yeah, they just need to roll a body roll. D6. Uh, and they're going to roll three and modifiers two. So that puts them at five. So they do succeed at a cost. Um, and so that they are able to. Um, <laughs> they are able to 
free the big gargoyle that you tied down. Um, but you hear uh, the shout of this uh, a, the, the shout from a female, and she says, um, she says, uh, converge on them now while they're distracted. And you see like four or five of these crew members follow this this woman. Um, and they are able to take down the two gargoyles that were trying to distract them. They just essentially mob on them. Um, and so the cost is two gargoyles, but Mama Bear, it's not a female, but the, the patriarch, <laughs> the pack leader is pissed and free. And you hear it roar. Um, so we're going to go back to you guys. What do you want? do uh i'm good my goal is to close the distance and try to aid the injured um okay i know i'm pretty far out though so i might just have to close the distance this turn uh i mean you could close distance like i said i imagine in this whole thing as you're moving you guys are moving forward as things are occurring that makes sense. I think closing the distance is easily a part of your action without cool consuming beans. the entire thing. Yeah, I want I want to go and uh, all the folks that are like injured, wounded. I want to try to heal as many of them as possible by like gathering them up and using a uh, healing spirit. Okay, I will give you a choice on where you want to do that, right? Because the bottom level that's a little more level which would be the front of the ship, because again, it cracked in two. Um, that's got more injured people, but there's less gargoyles down there. Um, the top half that's a little at a slant where Paul Barrow is, with those two gargoyles that he pulled down, there's less individually injured, like, down people. When I say that, like, when I say injured, I'm thinking people that are down, not people that are injured and still fight. the people that are out of the fight. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So uh, up top, there's less of them, but there's more gargoyles. Down bottom, there's more injured crew that are downed and less of these gargoyle monsters. Can I go ahead? And I'm gonna, this is kind of directed towards the team as well. Um, do you guys mind if I use the wrestlers? If I like call them to be like, "Hey, go get the guys up top that are wounded and like there's a lot of monsters up there. Go help them out. Bring the the most tri- triage or bring them." Uh, and then I'll go the low road and and with with the less monsters but more wounded uh, and, and try to yeah. impact there. Sounds good. Go there. Cool. I'll do that then. So I'm going to say this is... um, I'm going to say this is heart. And the reason I say that is because not only are you using your magic to heal, you are using your compassion to heal people and command other people to, hey, go get the injured. So I think this is heart. Um, And I'm going to say your impact... uh, I'm going to say it's going to be medium impact not necessarily high not necessarily low um right there in the middle just right uh i have uh two things uh one i'm gonna plead for advantage because i am I, I i did use the resource of the wrestlers um could that could that work into an advantage here let me hear your second thing my second thing is i want to use a heroic action to go ahead and burn a spell slot to increase the impact to a high 
Hmm. Now, if I roll hmm. and there's and it's and it's dub ones, I just fail and I don't get the resource back. Yeah, but doesn't a heroic action make it a success? No. Ma- oh, right. There's that's you're choosing to increase action. the impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Uh, I will say yes. You can, of course, do the impact thing. I'm a little wonky on the advantage for just for using the wrestlers when I handed you a resource to use. Uh, that's fair. I think uh, I think the wrestlers are the only reason it's a medium impact, honestly, because now you're impacting pretty much all the downed people if you succeed. That's kind of what I was. That's that's what I was aiming for for an impact. But if, if you think that affects the impact more than it does my my odds of success, then that is super fair. Uh, I'm still gonna do it. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll okay. it all on one die. Yeah. So roll. Good job. Uh, I got a two plus two is a four. Okay. Good. So that's a succeed at a cost, but it's gonna be high impact. Um. And so you see Gus like bolting and you and you hear the sound of roaring flames and monsters and amongst this chaotic battlefield you hear the very real and very loud clanging of pots and pans as gustum <laughs> is charging full speed and like climbing up the this i mean because it's a giant ship right you have to climb up there and clank 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 and so you're climbing up there and these wrestlers are like ahead of you on and they're heading on the other side and they're just like moving up there and they're excited right they are just like get me into the fight and in fact i think they shout at paul barra as they're running by you got two of them and they're like grabbing bodies and pulling them <laughs> probably not as careful as they should be but they are excited and they're like rushing down uh and gustum you're able to get up your fountain of healing and gather people together it's not a fountain of healing that's 100 it's it's, it's, I, it's uh, a healing spirit but of, but healing mine spirit. of course is a big bu- bubbling pot of soup as i just as i just ladle healing soup into these guys mouth. <laughs> um and so yeah with that your your success is is indeed that and um i would say about half of these people uh six or seven people are starting to like regain their ability to get back into the fight and you have saved the other six or seven people's life because they were on death's door. Uh, some of them had like giant gashes. Um, like the ones that the wrestlers brought down were almost corpses, essentially. And you you brought them back from death's door. The impact, the cost that you're going to have is you have drawn the undivided attention of the patriarch. The smell of the soup. And the the hurrah of people as they're like, yeah, all right, we're making a difference. <laughs> Nerds. It, there is you you have attracted the attention. Okay, darling and Paul Barrow, who's next? I want to do something simple, but I need to know. Can I? I would like the ones I'm holding. I would uh-huh. like to tie their tails together to essentially they're going to be fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. I want to try to remove them from battle. I don't want to do anything else other than that. That's what I want to do. Now, I don't uh, know the anatomy of these creatures, but that's my goal. Yeah, I mean, um, their tails aren't like 
spine like you're thinking almost like uh are they short stubs like or are they little monkey or longer no they're they're longer um <clears throat> think of the, you can do it it's just not going to be quite it's not going to be quite the monkey tail you're imagining think of it you're kind of uh wrapping like almost like dog tails uh, and tying them, and they're covered in scales. Like lizard tails is a good example, zebra. Um, so it, you're gonna hear some crunching of things Great. as you do this. Uh, but it's it'll be pretty doable. Um, I'm gonna say the impact. I, this is hard, Shane, because to me that's low impact because you're taking two people out of the low fight. Um, all right. Uh, so as long it, as we, it it really depends on what the scene is. If two gargoyles yeah. is 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 just a drop in the bucket. I don't know how many gargoyles are on the scene right now. A couple uh, left it, already, right? And then this. there's a couple left, and so that leaves about ten. One of them being the the patriarch. I'd say it's a low impact, but you take two out of the fights a good. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's a good, I, just, it's a I don't want to impact. Yes, exactly. I don't want to like discourage you from that by saying it's low impact. I'm but still it doing it. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. A, it's, that's it's that's a obviously really cool body. thing that you set up to do in the fight, and it might not swing the entire momentum of the fight, but it's a really cool thing you're doing. Yeah. All right. So that's All a right. body check. Oh yeah, sixes, two sixes. Gotta get used to that. That's a five. Five with your modifier. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be a success at a cost. Um, and so, yeah, man, you you kind of like stand up as they're trying to get their bearings and you kind of pull them together a little bit closer and you hear like this screeching and whining and you hear crunching of <laughs> ligaments, scales oh, as you're tying them together and you just nice hard knot. Um, as you do that... Uh, they turn on you and attack you before they start fighting each other to get their tails off. Um, so you are going to take some damage. You can't just tie two people's tails together and not expect <laughs> to take Mama some damage. Mama always said, yep. you can't tie two lizard's tails together and expect to get away. You are going to take we don't 13 have a slashing damage. As they claw at you. <laughs> Loves it. In turn. And then they start uh, fighting themselves, trying to get their tails untied. Uh, darling. And then for move, just for nope. movement purposes, I didn't move. I would like to just be making my way toward the the larger gargoyle too. After are you I've taken a bit? So are you dragging them by your tail? No, no, no I'm like you're just leaving them. Go. Like fuck I'm it. Them to do <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, so you're heading, you're climbing, you're like walking at an angle or climbing essentially towards um, the captain, uh, or not the captain, yeah, I'll give it away, the captain, the female, um, and then some of the other uh, crew members. Right. Be careful, these lizards hold rank. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I still have my giant illusion. It wasn't knocked out the fight yet. Correct. It's still there and it's still providing the fear which is keeping all these gargoyles for the most part in one area of the ship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, my skill is in acting and dancing and I'm sure Darling can puppeteer this monster as much as she wants to. I want to continue the 
I guess, pressing forward to either scare them away or kite them away from the majority of people. Um, and I, I just need this thing to, like, T-Rex stomp and roar and just, like, get these gargoyle things out of here. Yeah, you basically essentially want to press what you've already done, right? Try mm-hmm. to scare them more, try to push them um, <clears throat> away, right? <clears throat> I love the image of Darling running with like a little paper doll Aegisaur going like <laughs> 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 Yep, and you've got this big one just mimicking. Yeah. Oh no, I'm uh, trying to keep my distance. Like I'll move it forward as I go forward, but I'm not climbing on top of that ship. I'm gonna be trying yeah, to Yeah, like, oh no one the- thought you were. <laughs> You're like way on the ground from the ship. Yeah. I I think that's um, I think that's mine still because you're manipulating your spell, uh, trying okay. to push your spell forward. Um, I will say that's going to be low impact because you're either going to be able to scare off a couple, or you're not going to be able to do too much um, because eventually it's going to get close enough that it has to touch them to scare them even further, mm-hmm. right? Because like once one gets eaten, then you might have a bigger thing. But so low impact if you succeed. Okay, that's all I got for right now because this is a tool she has brought out to play. That's with. fine. So uh, mind it is. I got a six. Um, plus my rolled a six? seven. Yeah. Yeah, a six is a critical success. Um, so with that, I think. One. What? I think it bumps the impact one, right? It's. I'm sorry. I, I'm it does. Going through the rules right now. Yeah, a critical success is it is a success, and I believe, at least what I thought I read, is that it bumps up the impact. Hold on. You succeed categorically. They do exist. Result, which means you're doing, will have faced some sort of consequence. But if you are successful, then you, you know, are going to succeed without a cost and one category higher. Yep. Yeah. I had thought I said that until you started, like, <laughs> agreeing with me, and I was like, I should probably reread. Um,. So yeah, this this uh, monster charges forward. Um, I think it goes around and essentially uh, it puts its two feet up against the airship that is like the back of the airship that's tilted, and it's almost like it's gonna eat them or bite them and roaring, um, <clears throat> and that's enough to get uh, two or three of these that are close to bounce. Uh, I'll even say it's three, uh, leaving five of these guys left, starting to get uh, outnumbered, along with uh, the two that are tied up. So seven total, um, but their numbers are dwindling as, as Darlin is scaring them off. Perfect. Um, so pretty, pretty impactful. Um, and so it's, it's over to the Gargoyle Boys, and this alpha looks dead at you, Gus, and your soup pot. And you hear a low guttural roar. And that's where we're going to end this episode. 
Yep. Uh, all right. Shang, it is your job. It is your duty. It is your honor to do our role for humanity. Uh, and that said, take it away. Yeah. So we are rolling in this month for uh, It Gets Better, an uh, organization helping uh, the at-risk LGBTQ plus folks. Uh, and it's a worthwhile organization with your dollars and mine. Um, and when I say your dollars, I mean emphasis on your dollars because I've rolled a three. Uh, so I uh, have not. I did, that happens sometimes. I need you guys to back me up. Roll some dice. Yeah. It do be random. <laughs> it too, I, it's it one be funny. But yep. you help me out. Uh, are yeah, you out there? That's a good one. So, um, you, you, you specifically, you know who I'm talking about. Don't look mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, we're gonna move into the uh, dad joke portion of the the episode ending. Um, and Shane, this is not traditionally a two parter, but I'm gonna break it up to give you an opportunity okay. to slam dunk that. it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so what I'm going to say is, I don't, listen, I don't really know why everybody complains and moans and says how difficult it is to go to sleep. It's easy. Mm. I, I, that it's, one's tricky. It, it's so easy. I do it with my eyes closed. Hmm. Uh, Devin Assemble Rest in peace Boiling water You will be missed (laughs) That's good (laughs) Avon Why is it bad Why is it a bad idea To iron your four leaf clover Because it'll burn Uh, Good answer for that (laughs) <laughs> uh, why is it a bad idea to iron your four-leaf clover? Yeah. Because uh, you, oh, hold on, you'll uh, press your luck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, I was going, there yep. you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Someone curse and out Avon. Go ahead. Oh, and, that's my D, Avon. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, sign our documents. We. It's a legal thing. Uh, did you know it's like what I do? It's inappropriate to make a dad joke if you're not a dad. Makes you a faux pas. It makes you a faux pas. I knew that one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I don't know where I heard that one the other day, but it was very good. Yeah. It's yep, so a faux pas. I ain't nobody's daddy. That you know of. That you know of, yeah. You could, <laughs> you could be somebody's daddy out there. Yeah. <laughs> Avon, papa? My papa? Avon? My. I, if you haven't watched the Chris Rock stand up, um, if you like Chris Rock, it's right up your alley. If you don't, it's okay. But he has a joke in there where he talks about if his dad ever turned into a woman like Chris Jenner, that his oldest brother would have a problem. And he goes, and me, I'd have to get in front of his face and say, hey, be respectful. She is your daddy. And that made me laugh very, very well. And then he just made me think of it. Yep. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Devin, as we always say, I swear it was lighter last time I saw it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we, we love, love you. you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.